Low-lying clouds crossed over the tops of mountains, bringing with them the promise of rain. And in winter, snow. Sheep, just mere white dots to those cruising along the M6 motorway, appear to cling to the steep slopes like snow. Rivers wind along the high-speed road, often dipping beneath the cars or disappearing altogether. Villages, hamlets and towns are hidden among the rise and fall of the mountainous areas. Many are known to be tourist havens and catered to such with specialist shops, pubs, restaurants and accommodation. Buildings are quintessentially picture postcard with numerous places continuing to grace postcards and artwork around the world. While known for its outstanding beauty, this area is a place for those who enjoy the outdoors, hiking, boating and the like. Nestled in the northwest of England between Manchester and the Scottish borders is the Lake District. Beloved by Wordsworth, Beatrix Potter and Alfred Wainwright, the rolling fells and snow-capped mountains are a tourist attraction which draw in millions of visitors every year. Welcome to Walker of Worlds podcast. My name's Rachel and this is a podcast where we step behind the veil to take a look at some long-lost and little-known spooky stories and urban legends. Today we're lacing up our hiking boots and heading into some of the most beautiful parts of the Lake District in search of their myths, legends and strange stories. Because you can't have mountains and wilderness without something interesting being hidden among the crags and coals. Designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2017, the Lake District covers 912 square miles and is fully situated within the county of Cumbria. Historically, the Lake District was divided between Cumberland, Westmoreland and Lancashire. These historic county names are still used to this day to describe products and areas of the mountainous region. Windermere, the largest lake in England by length, volume and area, is a popular tourist attraction. Passenger steamers and ferries operate on the lake with a variety of businesses offering boat hire. The lake has also been popular for world, for world speed records on the water. On Friday the 13th of June 1930, Sir Harry Seagrave broke the world water speed record on Windermere in his boat Miss England 2 at an average speed of 158.94 kilometres an hour, which is just under 100 miles an hour. On the third run over the course off Beale Grange, the boat capsized. Seagrave's mechanic, Victor Hallowell, drowned, but Seagrave was rescued by support boats. He died a short time later of his injuries. Seagrave was one of the few people in history who have held the world land speed record and water speed record simultaneously. Lake Windermere, often called such to differentiate it from the local town of the same name, is home to one of the more recent legends. Around 1900, a local boatman saw the hordes of tourists who came to the area to escape the smog-filled cities. He knew that money could be made from them and one night while sitting in his local pub, he worked his way through a variety of ideas, including renting his boat out to some of the tourist groups. However, there were already people doing this, so he had to come up with something a little more different. As he started a fresh pint, a group of Londoners stopped to talk to him. Enamoured by his accent, they asked him to tell them about the Lake District's myths and legends. And that's when he told them the story of the Tizzy Wizzies. Bowness on Windermere is said to be home of this strange creature. And if you're in the area, you're asked to keep quiet while you listen for a tiny squeaking sound. The Tizzy Wizzy is, as you can imagine, an odd-looking creature. With the body of a hedgehog, wings, a squirrel's tail and billy antennae on its head, the Tizzy Wizzies could both fly and swim and were, according to the man who created them, exceptional at both. The Tizzy Wizzies were so popular that he apparently lured one into a friend's photography studio using ginger biscuits, photographed it, and then spent the rest of his life selling postcards of this, quite frankly, cute creature. 
The hedgehog-like tizzy whizzes were definitely an early 20th century creation, one which continues to bring in tourists from around the world. However, there's a number of other legends which have roamed the area for far, far longer. On the outskirts of Penrith, in a windswept field, stand Longmeg and her daughters. Your view is of fields and hedges with the rise of mountains somewhere in the distance. While there's a farm just up the road, the nearest build-up of civilization is back along one of the area's many unnamed roads to the village of Little Scaleld. Considered one of the finest stone circles in the north of England, Long Meg and her daughters has a diameter of about 350 feet, making it one of the biggest stone circles in the country. Long Meg is the tallest stone, standing at around 69 feet high. She stands outside of the circle with her four corners pointing to each of the compass points. Several spiral symbols dot Long Meg's surface. Some have called these symbols mysterious, when in reality they probably represent the journey inward, taking a labyrinth-like passage that eventually leads to source of all wisdom and knowledge. Long Meg herself is made up from local red sandstone, possibly from the River Eden or nearby Lonesomebury Hills. The placement of Long Meg is in alignment between the centre of the circle and the point of the midwinter sunset. Four of the stones in the circle appear to be non-local and are forms of quartz crystal. They seem to have been deliberately selected and placed at specific points in the circle that mark certain calendar events, such as sunsets and solstices related to the four seasons, for example. They work by standing outside of the circle at the stone directly opposite to the quartz stone concerned. One alignment at Halloween may involve Longmeg herself, a portal stone on one of the quartz stones. The circle as a whole is believed to have once contained around 70 stones, although only 59 currently remain. Like many stone circles, there are several myths attached to Longmeg and her 58 daughters. One is that the stones were once a coven of witches who were turned to stone by a Scottish wizard called Michael Scott. He was featured in Dante's Divine Comedy, located in the 8th Circle of Hell, reserved for sorcerers, astrologers and false prophets. Michael supposedly found Meg and her daughters dancing on the moorland on the Sabbath and so turned them to stone. The circle is said to be endowed with so much magic that the stones are uncountable. However, the story continues that if you are able to count the stones twice and come to the same number both times, that the spell will be broken and Meg and her daughters will return to their human form. Another legend states that if you walk around the circle and count the number of stones correctly, then put your ear to Long Meg, you'll hear her whisper. The name itself is said to come from a local witch, Meg of Meldon, who was alive in the early 17th century. From a certain angle, the Long Meg stone resembles the profile of a witch. Meg of Meldon was a real person, and the name is generally believed to have been attributed to Margaret Fenwick, who lived at Meldon near Morpeth, Northumberland, some 70 miles from these stones. Long Meg isn't the only stone circle in the Lake District. 23 miles is Castlerigg, on the outskirts of Keswick, while 50 miles to the west is Elver Hill Stone Circle, and it's Elver Hill that we're going to visit next. Sitting in the field of a nearby farm, Elver Hill Stone Circle looks a lot more dilapidated than the rest of the Lake District Stone Circles. Only half of its 30 stones remain, but at 125 feet across, it's still an impressive sight in the windswept fells. Located next to Bassenthwaite Lake and about five miles east of Cockermouth, this tiny but mighty stone circle is the unlikeliest of tourist attractions in an area which is known for them. Elver is believed to be derived from the Viking for place of the elves, meaning that yes, this is a fairy hill. According to some people in the area, 
Elva Hill hides a secret gateway to the other world, which only opens at certain times of the year. On the southern slopes of the hill stand a late Neolithic stone circle, an almost perfect ring, though today comprising around half its original stones. In reality, the site was almost certainly associated with the trade in stone tools, produced lo locally and taken through Bar Barrowdale and over the hills to the east. This may go some way towards explaining the connection with fairies. The Stone Age flints found in the area passed into the folklore as elf arrows, which were supposedly crafted by the fairies and subsequently often used by later generations of witches as powerful magical charms. With over 30 stone circles in the county of Cumbria alone, the Lake District is a haven for myths and legends relating to them, as well as raising the question as to why so many are clustered in a single area. Tebay is a village situated at Junction 38 of the M6 motorway. If you know the name Tebay, then you're probably familiar with its far more famous service station, located just a mile up the motorway from the village itself. While the services are highly recommended for their use of local produce, it's not them that we're going to talk about next. It was in this tiny, almost nondescript village that one of the area's most famous witches lived. Mary Baines was a farmer's daughter who was born in the local area and became known as the Witch of Tebay. Born in 1721, she was rumoured to be able to foresee the future and turn herself into a hare. She also cast spells and it was said that her powers foresaw the arrival of the railway when she predicted that horseless carriages would ride through the valley. Mary was described as a repulsive-looking woman with a big pocket tied on her back. She passed away in 1821, but not before witch stones, pieces of limestone that were shaped and holed, were placed around the village in an attempt to keep her away. If you're ever passing through Tebay, you may still find some of those stones set into the walls. If you're into Norse mythology, then Kirkby Stephen has something for you. Just 11 miles east of Tebay, this picturesque market town has something hidden in its church that may shock and surprise you. The Loki Stone, of which there are only two examples in all of Europe, sits within Kirkby Stephen Parish Church. The slab-like stone features a carving of a man with his arms hanging from broad shoulders and with palms outspread. His feet are shown in profile. His mouth and eyes and nose are incised into the stone. A V-shaped incision just below the chin may be a beard or the open neckline of his clothing. Curving projections like ram's horns jut from either side of his head. A circular strap passes across his waist and behind his legs, and his wrists and calves are bound to this strap by rings. A projection points upwards between his legs and appears to be an anchorage for the circular binding strap. People have puzzled over this carving since it was discovered in the fabric of the chancel during the rebuilding of 1847. Authorities state that deformed men with large shoulders and hanging arms are typical of Viking Northumbria and the Isle of Man. Ring and bar bindings are also said to have a long history in Scandinavian art. The carving is certainly Viking and dates from some time between 900 and 1000 AD. But who is the figure? Popular tradition identifies it with the Norse god Loki, who in legend was bound by his fellow gods to a stone and tormented by a fiery venom dripped from a serpent. He is so depicted on a carved memorial stone on the Baltic Island of Gothland. Other scholars see similarities between the Kirkby Stephen figure and the carvings of Wayland, the smith at Leeds and Great Clifton in Yorkshire. Yet others find the horns at Kirkby Stephen unusual in curling down, whereas they curl up in the nearest similar carving from Gameford in Durham. This leads on to the suggestion that they are not horns at all, but mere decoration. In the face of all the uncertainty, we in Kirkby Stephen hold to the theory that the figure is 
bound devil, possibly Loki. Maybe on the original cross it was surmounted by a figure of Christ, the Redeemer, supreme over evil. If so, there would be an analogy with the Nordic stone from Gosforth where one panel shows the legend of Thor fishing for Loki's son, the serpent of evil who encircled the earth and failing to destroy the monster, with above it on another panel the Lamb of God trampling on the serpent. The message? Where the old gods failed, Christ is triumphant. The Lake District, like much of the country, is awash with myths, legends, folklore and strange stories. Should you visit, you'll be in the company of fairies, vikings, giants, ghosts, vampires and much, much more. And maybe in the not too distant future, we'll pay the area another visit for more of their strange stories. If you enjoy your books a little on the odd side, please feel free to visit our website at www.roswellpublishing.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, stay spooky.